Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Cavalry Audio. I'm Clint Emerson, and welcome to season two of Can You Survive This Podcast, where the interview is just as dangerous as the scenarios I put my guests through. From hostage situations to natural disasters, carjackings, active shooters, and more, if you're looking for the skills necessary to survive these situations, then this is the show for you. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Survive This Podcast, and we've got a Awesome guest, and I know someone's told me I either use great guests, awesome guests, or I forgot what the third one is, and I rotate between the three because I'm not that creative. As you guys know, Rugged Life came out this past week, and I appreciate everyone going and giving it five stars and some funny comments. Um, it's uh, it's out. It's on shelves. It's at Walmart. It's at Barnes & Noble. It's everywhere you can buy books. Obviously, Amazon is the easy button. And uh, that's that, The Rugged Life. You should check it out if you want to be self-reliant, you want to create your own independence and freedom. That's what it's for. Go get yourself a copy. Okay, uh, today we've got a grooming product formula inventor, a big supporter of America, a Marine Corps veteran. He's been seen on Forbes, Yahoo, all kinds of news outlets. I mean, this guy has gone from giving blood to make a buck so that he could create his formula to now he is just crushing it. And I have Johnny Slicks on the show. Johnny, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you so much. I've been so excited to be on. I can't stop. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You're just like, oh, God, I can't wait to be on Clint's show. Will I survive? <laughs> Can I survive it? I mean, we are trying to become kind of like a staple uh, place for people to come and just get fucked with. Um, you know, there's not too many people that want to jump on the show, though, because of that. It's, a, it's I find it interesting. Like, I've invent, I've invited... All kinds of guys. And they'll say yes initially. Then Jeff, the producer, will go and try and reach out to him. Then they'll just ignore him <laughs> because they just I think they're scared of being, you know, being challenged. So I'm glad you uh, you're brave. And yeah, you what, wanted a, to... what a terrible way to live life. Don't you want to be challenged? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, uh, what the fuck? Come on. Right. And uh, yeah. anyway. So, as we always start, it's always some fun, rapid fire. Today, I just got all kinds of random stuff because I'm in a random mood. Um, so, are you ready? Are you ready for your rapid I'm, I'm fire? Okay, here we do it. Putin or Xi Jinping? Anyone else? Yeah, <laughs> Xi Jinping. You take the China president over the Putin guy? Yeah. Okay. Right now? Circling. Yeah. 
All right, we'll circle back to back around to the why. Um, democracy versus capitalism. Which one? Ooh, capitalism. <laughs> yeah, because you can buy your democracy. All right, <laughs> wildfire or your or or hurricane? Jesus Christ, I can't speak today. Wildfire or hurricane? Hurricane. Hurricane. Uh, truck or sports car? <laughs> truck. <laughs> you're laughing about it but we'll come back to why um do you create or destroy Ooh, what a great question uh create mm, i'm a yeah. create i'm more in a destructive mood right now okay hammer or nail hammer be the hammer shake oh wait that, oh, i almost miss god i can't even read my own writing okay shave it or let it grow. <laughs> let, let it grow. <laughs> Depends where, right? Yeah. Um, city or an island? Island. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, kicked in the balls or a hundred paper cuts? One hundred paper cuts. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd go with kicked in the balls. You, you and right. I talked about that before. <laughs> Did we? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, break it or fix it? Fix it fix it okay circle around back to the top yeah you okay we had putin versus uh xi jinping i love fucking their names up too that's just a. that's just one of my favorite things to do i mean it has to be done. how, how yeah. can we oh, wait how can we fuck up putin's name putin Put, putin 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 yeah i like okay. that that's good yeah <laughs> or xi jinping you pick Xi Jinping. Okay, so what's your why? So I don't know much about him. So right now, everyone seems to be not liking Putin. On my deployment, too, I went to Romania. I was in Romania, um, Ukraine area right there. Yeah. And I don't like it over there. Bad vibes. What? Really? Just like what? Just the weather or what? <laughs> Just everything. I don't know, man. It was like we were getting weird looks. Obviously, like... They're not the most free people over there, you know? So yeah. uh, when they were looking at us, at, we obviously look American. We do our best to kind of blend in all the time, but um, we obviously look American. We always got bad looks from everybody. And hmm. we weren't doing nothing weird. Just, you know, just kids you know, walking the towns, buying pizza, yeah, whatever yeah. it be. And we were just getting weird looks. I didn't like it over there. It wasn't fun. So. And what is your version of blending in? What, when you say blending in, what were you, what were you guys kind of doing to blend in? Um, spectacular or? tucking our shirts in doing everything the marine corps said to do dress <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i've seen marines out. dress out in town man it's like <laughs> polo shirts tucked into khaki pants with a belt on yeah yeah you blended yeah, yeah. no I, I just don't like it over there i don't know what's about the chinese i don't know what's going on over there so yeah well yeah, my my take on it is China. China is a little more of the that that one scares me more than like a Putin, you know. But uh, yeah, they're a little more. Uh, they're kind of sneaking up. I mean, like I think I talked about this on a different podcast, but you know, they look at things as like a hundred or two hundred years out, you know, and yeah, yeah. you know, we're going to get to a, a, a hundred paper cuts, but they're all about a thousand a thousand cuts to killing their enemies slowly but surely over time, you know. So that, I think yeah. that's. That's why they're a little scarier to me than old Putin. Um, I got it. democracy or capitalism. You said capitalism. Yeah. Well, you know my origins. You know, I was uh, like, I had eleven thousand dollars in charged off credit cards. My car got repoed. This is right after I got out. 
I was trying to discover who I am, you know, trying to figure it out. I was 22 or 23. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rebecca and I were just doing everything we can and started from nothing, you know, just literally putting our blood into the company. Uh, that was one of the first pomades I made right there, but that was made with nothing but our plasma. Yeah. So I'm all about like working, getting up there and earning it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, uh, I mean, let's face it, capitalism drives democracy. We all yeah. know that it's supposed to be the other way around, um, but it isn't. You know, the system is corrupt and it's driven by dollars and uh, all our yeah. politicians are driven by that as well. And so are we. So, you know, hey, yeah, capitalism, like, fuck it. Why not? Um, yeah. uh, wildfire versus hurricane. You picked hurricane. So I've oh, obviously we're here in North Carolina, like right on the coast, like the beach is like a mile and a half that way. Yeah. We've had hurricanes here. I've never experienced a wildfire and I absolutely cannot. I, since I was a child, fire is like a no, no, I love it, but I, it's a love hate and just as equal. I can't do fire <laughs> like that heat. I can't do it. So yeah. I've experienced hurricanes and we've cleaned up, you know, um, from Florence and everything here, we've cleaned up from those hurricane messes, but never experienced a wildfire. Not yet. Not on wood, but yeah. 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 Both of them are kind of the same that, you know, when they're coming, you know, weeks out, right. You can, you know, when a wildfire is on its way towards you, you know, when a hurricane is toward you, there's a lot of similarities there, but the difference being is fire. I mean, that's a, that's a no joke, right? You can, yeah. you can get a flood and rebuild and buy new sheetrock and maybe replace everything in the downstairs, uh level of your home or apartment or whatever but yeah. a wildfire i mean that's that's no joke like that's just gonna burn it to the ground and there's usually very little recovery from that but yeah yeah that's true um a truck versus a sports car and it took you it took you a second here you then you decided truck <laughs> so i really want a truck i would love to have a truck we're a new homeowner now so like we're back and i just bought our first house and how many trips I'm taking the Lowe's and Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. and even truck. I can't keep ordering this, these deliveries. And right now I have an Impala and um, Nick and I, is all, we're always joking saying, you know, I should get a sports car, two door and everything. I've always had four door, but why not go truck? I don't need, it's more self-reliance, right? You can yeah. do, more th even if it's that small, it's just one extra thing that I would be able to do myself rather than relying on somebody else and paying them. I don't That's need right. to be doing that either. Yeah, no, you're. I, I, yeah, that's good reasoning. I mean, it's I a truck, but I don't have a truck. That's why I was laughing. <laughs> you don't have a truck. I don't have a truck. No. So what do you have? I have a 2020 Impala. Oh yeah, you said that. Okay, so I got yeah. you. All right, so now you need a truck. So that's why you said yeah. truck because it's on your wish list. Trade this in. Get a truck. Yeah, go get a truck. A truck is also like huge business write-off. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just go get it. Well, just do it. Just go do it today. I all right. All right. See ya. And you can wrap it. You can wrap it with Johnny Slick stuff. I know. How how badass would that be? It is. Like, yeah. Yeah. It would be really cool. You should do Black it. Up. Yeah. You should do it. It's, I agree. it's a done deal. Okay. Um, create or destroy. You are a creator. I mean, you're kind of an artist, so yeah, it made sense to me. Yeah. I like um, the ability to create something from nothing. Obviously, that's like how we started the company with just an idea. Mm -hmm. Um and being able to create some, obviously like destroying is equally balanced, you know, creating and destroying, but uh, to be able to take nothing or, or almost a nothing, an idea or a thought and to turn it into something tangible 
and then take it a step further and have it serve people, have it do something for other people. It's unbelievable. I'll like, that is what what my life's work is want to be about just creating something and letting it flourish for people. So it is really cool to be able to create something massive. Um, it is cool to destroy though, but I create (laughs) all day. I mean, you have plenty of time to destroy it, you know? Oh yeah, no, 150%. I agree. Yeah. All it takes is a little bit of bad press or, Hey, there was a razor blade in my pomade. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And before you know it, you're fucked and you're starting over again since you love creating so much, you know, why not? I think I would start on a razor blade company if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, or you go and you got to find out what's going on in your shop when there's razor blades in your pomade. That, that is true. That's target. Just that's somebody did that on purpose. Dip my, dip my fingers in and it, I split myself open. Um, okay. Hammer or nail. You picked a hammer. Is that because yeah, you're, actually, is that because you're a Marine or what? Probably. Yeah. No. Um, we just had a leadership talk and, uh, Nick was talking about how useful a hammer is. Doesn't matter what brand, doesn't matter. Obviously, there's different types, frame nails, sledgehammers, but um, ultimately a hammer is a hammer. Mm-hmm. So I I enjoy using hammers. I know it's a stupid ass thing to say, but there's so many things you can do with it. And I'm gonna keep bringing it up. Homeowner, so I have to hang up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I've never had to do that before. Yeah. So hammer is like I'm carrying it around like in my pants. I can use this. I can use this. Heck yeah. yeah. That and a tape yeah. measure. I mean, those things are like invaluable. Oh, you yeah. can never, you can never, you should have one in every place you operate, a tape measure. That's right. Like anything, soft ruler, hard, anything that measures. I'm so you. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And that's all rugged life stuff. That's the whole point of the book. I mean, I was, I've been pushing these skills so that, you know, you know, people just can do it themselves. Stop paying people to do it when you can do it yourself. And it's far more gratifying. Yeah. Now you might end up with a hundred holes in your wall, but you do it yourself. Oh, look at you. You got it. Yeah. I know. I was flipping through and I was like, dang, I'm a, this, <laughs> there was my whole weekend. Like I'm just going to be reading this, learning it. And I love that there's pictures, man. Of course. All my books are illustrated for the uh, lowest common denominator in society. <laughs> yeah. I'm in it. I get yeah. it. I love the pictures. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, that's the goal. Pictures. Um, all right. Let's see here. Where, where, where were we? Oh, yeah. Shave it or let it grow. You're letting it grow. Yeah, like you said, like you said, it, it does depend because <laughs> I like there's OK, you get it right. Yeah. Um, I had long hair. I mean, you remember I had long hair for like two and a half, three years, almost like longest I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. And I was all about let it grow. And then I got a haircut and I was like, nah. <laughs> this is good. This, I'm saying like this. I'm gonna keep it short. This is fine. Yeah. Yeah. You so, and Nick both uh, went and got it kind of cut short and modeled each other around the yeah. same time, right? Yeah. He did it in uh, May of 2020, and I did December of 2021. Yeah. Sorry, I have those memorized, but that was when yeah. you know chaos hit the country, so he had to get a business haircut. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can maintain it yourself too, you know. Which mm-hmm. once again. Yo, all of this is self-reliance. That's right. That's right. Um, Yeah. And I I think, you know, you being Johnny Slicks, I mean, like having hair and then also the word slick. Slick is like kind of reminds me of something bald. Really? Kind of. Right. Okay. Yeah. Slick. Slick tire. You could be slick down south, right? You slick down south. Yeah, no, of course. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name. You got hair everywhere else. Or is it long and dreadlocks down below? <laughs> what was that movie? Um, Harold and Cooper. That yeah, Harold and Kumar movie? Yeah. yeah, is that it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's gross. Okay. Um, yeah. Don't be Johnny right. don't be Johnny Slicks up top. Just just Johnny Slick down low. Okay. <laughs> um what else we got? City versus island. You pick yeah, the that's, island. That's a, I feel like that's a no brainer. Like, do people have you asked that and someone picked the city? I'd be surprised. There are some city folk, yeah, and they can't imagine yeah. themselves out in the boonies or on an island. But I look at it as population. Right, I I'd rather be on an a deserted island than in a city full of people. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah people it's... come with like problems. People are problems. The right. more they are, the problems are. Yeah, or just having to like go shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of mouth breathers is just no, <laughs> it's just not entertaining to me. I'd rather standing in the same line as them. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I want to be the only mouth breather on my island. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Then kicked in the balls or a hundred paper cuts. I don't know. It's a toss up for so, me. So I when I was when I was really young, I had an injury to my testicles, right? Mm-hmm. So because of that, it happened right before puberty. Because of that, puberty kind of went weird, right? So one of them <laughs> one of them didn't produce the same way the other one did not like giving like a whole background oh, on anything uh, yeah but one is much more sensitive than the other one I, mm. I don't know if it happened from the injury um what what happened was they called a brown out i remember we talked about this before yeah i don't know what it is but when i was when i the ambulance showed up and they said we got a brown out of the bag right and my one testicle was hanging down to my knee um, they had, that's where I'm assuming they called a Brown. I'm not, I don't know where that came from. Maybe some medical people can provide some information, but, yeah. um, because of that, one is more sensitive than the other ones when it goes like in, you know, in the gut, when you get kicked in the balls, that gut feeling. Oh, like yeah. Right here. yeah. Yeah. One of them is more sensitive than the, the other one is up here. So if I were to get kicked in the balls, like stand straight on and someone just wind up and kick mm-hmm. i would probably feel that for the next like three days damn yeah that's that's definitely nerve damage of some sort right i mean that's yeah right because it's connected i mean it's all like that's why it's bundled it's the it's the nerves from your testicles are branched all the way up to your diaphragm and that's where you feel it in your gut and uh, yeah yeah and that's why it hurts so much but i look at it too is it's a toss-up for me and I've also had a, a decent uh, nut injury. I think we shared our stories. You know, I was climbing up the side of a ship and it was a, a hot night. So my nuts were hanging and yeah. it, uh, my scrotum got hooked on the very ladder that I was climbing. Okay. And then, I, and then when, when you're going up caving ladders up the side of a ship in the middle of the night going 20 knots... You know, you're not dicking around and it's all legs. So I imagine you're, well, my right knee is way up. My left nut gets caught on the, on the rung and then I extend, you know, cause I'm climbing up that ladder aggressively. Yeah. And the same thing, it pulled and it created a varicel and it was very painful and, you know, but kept on going. But anyway, yeah, it's a, I can take that, but then I take a thousand or a hundred paper cuts, you know, like, yeah. What, what it is about those little fuckers that hurt so much, you know, it's kind of amazing. But uh, having a hundred of them done over time to me seems, I don't know, it's a toss up because the, the, the nut pain will go away, I think, long before 
for me, the nut pain yeah. would go away long before the hundred paper cuts are complete. I look at it as a time, time thing. I think I don't know. I got anyway, no, I got yeah. you. I just yeah. don't want. I don't. I couldn't imagine a hundred paper cuts at least over time. Correct. I can't picture it. I can picture getting kicked in the balls. Yeah. Actually, knocking me unconscious. Yeah. Well, you're a special. That's a special circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I just. I'll take. I'll take my risk. Yeah. Now I need yeah. you to tell that story in less than a minute, so we can use it in uh, Instagram right. reel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> when I got when I was a kid. <laughs> um, all right, last one was break it or fix it. Oh, I said fix it because I yeah. um, I really like puzzles. The older I get, now I'm not that old, obviously, but the older I get, the more I realize that I actually really enjoy puzzles and. A puzzle in a nutshell is just fixing something that was broken. Anything. It could be anything at all. You walk up to a room that was destroyed or um, a dish that was shattered. It's all a puzzle, you know? So mm -hmm. I kind of kind of would rather fix something than destroy something or yeah. break it. I got you. Mine's just my mood. There's times when I'm in yeah. like total fix-it mode. Just smash and, everything. Yeah, and then there's times when I just, yeah, I just want to break stuff because it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that's the team guy stuff, right? You put a bunch of seals uh, anywhere on the planet with nothing to do, and you're yeah. guaranteed shit will be broken by the by within an hour. Hey, this is Clint Emerson, retired Navy SEAL. I get a lot of questions about my morning routine. So here it is in a nutshell. 5 a.m., wake up. First cup of coffee, I dump Bub's Naturals MCT oil in there. And then I mix it around with one of those little automatic stir spoon thingies that make it all frothy and creamy. And then my second cup, I dump Bub's Naturals collagen in there. Now, the reason I do both is the first one, MCT, fuels my brain. It gets me up, allows me to focus on whatever I've got going on. The second cup of coffee has collagen, which honestly, it's like lubrication for my joints. It makes my neck and my shoulders, my left hip and my left knee feel pretty damn good. And it wasn't until I went over to Australia that I realized that this stuff really does work. I was overseas for about 45 days. And in the first week, I wasn't so focused in the morning. In fact, I was a little foggy. And my neck was hurting. My shoulders were hurting. And I thought to myself, eh, it's just jet lag. Different pillow. A different mattress. And then it dawned on me, I don't have my bubs with me. The day I got back to the States, I immediately started back up, and within a week of being home, I was focused again, my joints didn't hurt, and I was like, holy, I can tell you that Bub's Naturals works. Great for your skin and hair, by the way. Everything feels good. Unlike a lot of supplements out there, it actually works, and that's the key takeaway here. It works. I'm telling you you will notice a difference. Check out bubsnaturals.com and order some MCT and collagen now. And don't forget to use promo code CANYOUSURVIVE. Okay, well, that was good. That was a good little, little icebreaker there. Um, all right, so rolling right into it, your, fav the f your favorite piece of gear. What's, do you have an all-time favorite piece of gear? It can be a piece of gear when you're in the military. Could be a piece of gear that uh, you've you found once you're out. But do you have a favorite piece of gear, as in something like a tool? Yeah, a tool anything. Like yeah, any any isn't little. My, isn't my phone? No. Yeah, I mean, you can name it your phone. You can. Yeah, your phone could be your favorite um, piece of gear. What about my camera? What about my my 
photography camera. Yeah. Yep. What is it? I got a Sony A7R that I'm using the right here. Oh yeah, you, it's a good. It's it's a great picture too. Yeah, it's my favorite piece of gear. I got it um, last year. Actually, I've discovered photography was a big passion of mine too. A yeah. huge reliever of stress. So whenever I get stressed out or overworked or anything, um, take it out and literally take photos of anything, macro photography, wide distance, anything, and it like it helps me. It really does help me. I always thought when I was in that stuff was like for hippies, right? But yeah. This thing is a lifesaver. No, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a big, I love photography. I got into it when I was kind of pushed into it when I was at the NSA, when you do all the surveillance uh, photography classes and, you know, yeah. with that, I started loving it and I can see exactly what you mean as far as a stress reliever, because you're forced to actually focus, right? Yeah. Literally yeah. focus or, you know, look at that, that, that viewfinder and get the shot, which forces yeah. your mind into one little place and, and everything else suddenly goes away. So I think you're onto something. I think photography is therapy. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing because it literally focuses it. Like you're saying, it, it makes your mind hard focus yeah. on, on this moment right now, not in the past, not in the future, not anywhere else, but right here, right now. And that's like, it's refreshing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you get like this cool product, uh, you know, that instant gratification yeah. too with it. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how good you are. Yeah. Just use the one third rule, right? Just use the one yeah. third rule and you'll be fine. Put it someplace on the screen. That's right. Not in the middle, people. Not in the middle. Put it to the side, to the right or to the left, but not in the middle. No. Depending on what you're doing, of course. You could take that you could take that many ways. Just take that. Okay? Yeah. In fact, I just want you to listen to my voice right now while you're listening to this. I don't know if you're driving or maybe you're just waking up. That's it. That's it. Just to the left or just to the right. Okay. Back to the show. Anyway. So your, uh, let's see, dangerous situation. What was, what's the most dangerous situation you've been in, Johnny? Most dangerous situation. Hmm. Yeah. yeah it could be anything. Wild donkey. Wild donkey. Wild donkey. Maybe a kitty cat tried to scratch you. No, I mean, <laughs> most recently, so, um, we went to the Smoky Mountains not too long ago and I damn near stepped on a, a timber rattler. That was kind of rad. Ooh, a rattlesnake. Yeah. 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 We were the... just, we were just walking. I think, uh, Rebecca and I have a thing. If you see on our personal Instagram, Nick makes fun of me all the time. We take selfies in like the same position. I'm like arm around and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's this like beautiful, like red rock overseeing a very scenic mountain range. And I was like, this would be great for a selfie, you know, for mm -hmm. this. So I'm arm around and I'm taking, I'm taking the photos and I look down and there's a rattlesnake right here, right by us. So obviously didn't freak out, did nothing. It wasn't aggressive, but I, Everything dropped in here. Yeah. Everything just Your heart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was the most most recent, and I've actually never encountered a venomous snake like like that before. I've always seen them from distant, but that was that was something that I couldn't describe really explain yeah. other than heart drop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And it, did it make did it make it into the picture you were taking? 
No, actually, um, it's it like curled up underneath a rock, and I have a really, really nice photo that I took from this camera, um, <laughs> really close up. So I have a lot of a lot of detail of that snake that I saw. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah that's interesting, huh? Yeah. yeah, I had an encounter with a rattler um, patrolling. The closest encounter I had was the guy. As you're patrolling, you know, single file, walking along, kind of like a uh, a game trail, and it was more desert-oriented, but with yeah. random bushes here and there. And um, the guy in front of me, as he walked past a bush, you heard the rattle, a little warning, yeah. right? Yeah. But by the time you hear it and compute, like, what the hell is that? I'm now parallel with that same exact bush, right? Yeah. Because we're patrolling. We're walking along. So just as I get there, that fucking thing strikes, comes out, and literally hits the side of my boot. And, and this is, you know, the advantages of wearing a boot, you know, that goes yeah. above the ankle. And uh, it basically probably tried to bite, but just didn't obviously lock in and uh, bounced off of my boot. And then, of course, I jumped about 20 feet into the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then the course. guy behind me jumped 20 feet into the air the other direction. And uh, it's like this chain reaction of a bunch of, you know, these big badass Navy SEALs with machine guns jumping all over the place <laughs> <laughs> as this one snake pops out of nowhere and tries to bite. But, uh, yeah, it was. That's, that's it, wild. Well, it, I mean, those things don't fuck around either. You know, it's like. No, not at all. Yeah, they're uh they can most of the time you make your presence known and snakes yeah. tend to go the other direction and but when you're patrolling you're trying to make no no sound at all, right? So yeah. you know, of course that's when you're going to probably get something that you don't want. Something. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Interesting, man. Yeah. I yeah, that definitely would uh freak me out too or it has. All right. So, now moving into you. Those are, uh, it's a great little story. The, um, rolling into you. So you were in the Marines. What all did yes, you, uh, what are, what are kind of your staple moments of the Marine Corps? Did you have any, is it boot camp? Is it, uh, a deployment? Um, I did have a really, I had, um, my job, I was in the armor gunsmith. So I was a 2111. Um, the most hated job I would say in the Marine Corps, just because people hated cleaning their rifles. I know you probably didn't have to do much of that because you took pride in it, but yeah. for some reason, Marines just don't like cleaning their rifles. It's <laughs> yeah. the most infuriating thing. Um, and also breaking them. Uh, they break a lot of things, mm -hmm. which everybody knows already. But um, I really took passion in my job right when I hit the fleet here in 2013, middle of 2013. Um I joined in 2012. So as soon as I got done with all my schooling, I wasn't school was nothing for me. It was just something that just to get me into the fleet, I'm a hands-on experience. And the school was all just read, repeat, read, do this action, repeat. And I needed to do something more like a, a puzzle. I needed something to troubleshoot. Um, so I really learned a fuck ton from my first fleet in 2013. Um, I took pride in my job that I became like one of the top guys at the armory I was at to the point where they were sending me everywhere. I was going all of these places, ranges and all of that just kept me going more and more and more. Cause it was feeding this fire inside of me. Um, deployment happened. I went over to Romania, black sea rotational force. So I spent some time over there in that area. 
uh, that really wasn't, it really wasn't too much. Uh, it was more coming back and actually hands-on doing my job. There was so much I learned from taking apart 240 Bravos, Mark 19s, 50 cals and watching them, the insides of them, and then shutting it and watching the damage it can do or the safety it can provide. Uh, it was just so wild to do all of that. So, um, I would say whenever I was actually hands-on doing my job, I actually felt a purpose. And then as soon as I got back and I started doing all the bullshit that the DOD does, wait mm -hmm. around here, go over here, grab this paperwork, do 60 more papers of this. And I wasn't doing my job anymore. That fire kind of diminished. Um, and I seeked something else. So um, I would say the highlight of my Marine Corps was literally hands-on at ranges, um, shooting weapons, fixing them, having someone run up and say, this weapon's broken you're a gun doctor, fix it. And being able to troubleshoot it, problem solve, fix it and get it back up and running. That was like, that was, that was perfect for me doing that every single day would have been heaven. Hmm. Now, was there a part of you that thought, okay, I can get out and go work for a gun manufacturer or did yeah. you have any interest in that or no? Yeah, I did originally, but the main thing that I noticed, cause I had a lot of um, leadership that got out as I was getting into my leadership positions um, and they were entering the private sector and they were doing that same, you know, path. And, uh, they told me that something really drastically changes. And I never thought about it because I wasn't on the private sector side, but from my armory, when I'm inside of it in the Marine Corps, I have all the technical manuals. I am the subject expert of all of these weapon systems. Mm -hmm. But once you enter the private sector, it's the other way around. It's the customer coming in who wants, um, a, a flashlight on or uh, a longer mag they want something like that now they're the subject expert and i'm at their beckoning call to figure out what kind of weapon they use um and obviously the how many different weapon systems are out in the private sector that people can bring into you yeah. and get random mods done um i just really didn't want to have to overcome that kind of transition from being on this side of the window to that side you know yeah i gotcha yeah, that makes sense. There are a lot of weapon systems. Oh yeah, there's a lot. Everyone's making a gun. Yeah, and they're all they're all special, real special. Everybody um, and in the Marine Corps, there's no real rules on it. Like, obviously, you can't modify every weapon system in there, but we have these weapon systems, and I'm an expert at this. They can't add a flashlight. They can't add a night vision. They can add a peck to it or peck fifteen, whatever. But I'm also a subject expert on that. They're not bringing in something I've never seen before. Oh yeah. You know, and then it, it just went from that to, I didn't want to do it out, out here. Right. Yeah. Well, you were yeah. also, while you were in the military is kind of where you were into your hair, right? You were, you had a hair, yeah. you had a hair issue going on and then you, yeah. you started researching. What, what was that about? That was right in, um, that was the spring of 2016. I, I got out in, September of 2016. So during the spring of 2016, somebody mentioned to me that my hair was thinning right up on my crown area. And I was like, I was using pomade in my hair every single day, every moment I can, like reapplying it. Um, my hair was definitely in regs, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it was combing all the way back. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you could, I would put my cover on and you would see the front of my hair at the back. It wasn't the best, but, um, Somebody told me my hair was thinning and I got like super panicked. I didn't know what to do. So I went home real quick. I looked in the mirror at another mirror and I looked at the back and I was like, damn it, man, it is thinning. How is this possible? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I've like, 
a fine hairline. How am I going bald? Um, and and you then were I young, right? Yeah, I was You're 20, yeah, 22. Yeah. I was 22. Yeah. Um, so I started to do research on the product. I picked up the product I was using at the time and I was like, I don't know what the hell any of this is at all. Any of this. Um, uh, there's letters and numbers that I've never even seen before on this ingredients uh, label. So I said, I'm just going to toss this out and get something healthier, right? Mm -hmm. Something all natural, organic. Um, and at the time I was just getting ready to transition, you know, going through a transition readiness seminar um, and getting ready to enter the private sector. So I wasn't trying to like spend a ton of money on new things. Uh, organic and all natural was like way more expensive. I was, I went from $10 a jar of pomade to like 40 for the same amount. So I wasn't about that. Um, and that's when I realized, Hey, I'm just going to go into barber school. Cause I really like barbering. I like hairstyling. Um, and I'll do that. I'll use the GI bill and I'll bridge a gap into the private sector. So I way I'm not just sitting home doing nothing mm -hmm. like everybody else is. Um, so I said, I'll start making some products, dabbling in some products, go to barber school, get all of this education and start my new chapter in my life. Um, until I started to realize that I was getting way more out of my daily fulfillment and what I thought was my passion when I was at home sitting in my kitchen, like a normal house kitchen with beeswax and coconut oil and all these different types of oils and stuff and jars. And I was cooking them up and I'd be like, oh, damn, I'm late for barber school. I got to go. And when that happened more that way than the other, when I'm at barber school and all I'm thinking about is I want to get back and make some pomade. Um, then I decided that barbering, cutting hair wasn't my passion anymore. It was pursuing the product. And at this time I was just getting out. So, um, obviously no money to do any of these decisions that I'm making. Um, so that's when Rebecca and I started to sell plasma and we did that for a while too, but that was right at the end of 2016. That was right when I separated from the Marine Corps to the private sector. Yeah. And I think that's a, an interesting thing to point out and you can expand on you guys literally giving your blood, make it to make money and then turn around and use the money to invest in yourselves, which has now become Johnny Slick. So how much do, how much were you making and how many, how, how often did you have to give blood? So for uh, plasma, you'd go twice a week. They maxed you out at twice a week. I guess it's about uh, how much your blood, your body can make. Um, but we would go twice a week. So four times, both Rebecca and I yep. um, in total. Because of the Marine Corps, I had a bunch of vaccinations and whatever else they shot us up when we were in. Um, because of that, plasma is worth more, obviously. Um, they, can, they can use it for different types of medications or what else. Um, so I was getting $34 a visit and I would do that twice a week. And then Rebecca was getting about 20 to 22. Um, she would get 22 on her first visit and then 20 on her second visit. So they were drastically different, but. So yeah, it's roughly, uh, what is that? 150 bucks. Some, yeah. $110. $110. Oh, okay. Total. Yeah. So in total. Yes, so yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Wow. So then you would take that money and then you guys were solely investing in Johnny Slicks or was it, or is that also helping pay the bills? Yeah. So Rebecca was a manager at Chuck E. Cheese right here and she worked double shifts. So she worked morning and afternoon and she would come home at, in the evening and do take care of the house and everything. I did barber school at night and I worked at a gas station across from where we were living at the time during the day. Mm. So we went 
days without seeing each other, like actual physical days of not seeing each other and just writing each other notes. Um, the plasma money, we both got on one separate um, card. I had one individual like ATM card that they give you and that solely used for products. So I went on to suppliers. I went and found jars. I went all these different places. And I only used that one card because it couldn't go under. I didn't, I didn't want to incur more debt than I already had. And oh, this yeah. was like a limit card. Um, but any money that I found at a gas station, which you would be very surprised on how much like loose change people just leave at gas stations. <laughs> I'm, not kidding. I'm not kidding at all. I had the, I had a, um, there were days like Wednesdays, I didn't go to barber school. So I would work a full day at the gas station at night. It was like midnight, 1am. No one's around. No one's at the gas station. I'm literally walking around, picking up change in the parking lot. And on like a good night, I can find like four, $5 and change is wild. So I would do that and take all that in a big pot, um, like a little ceramic pot. And we would take that to Walmart every single, uh, maybe twice a week, we'd go and get a couple of little cash coin star things, you know, yeah. don't sell plasma at the same time. And we'd buy like ramen noodles, water, like things that we could basically survive on. Um, and then some ingredients and stuff if they've like coconut oil was at Walmart. So we can just get it right there and save money. Um, and then since Rebecca worked at Chuck E. Cheese, she got 10 or $15 a day for meals. So she would like get a bunch of the really cheapest foods and just bring it home. And that's what we would eat. Like absolutely terrible diet, but, <laughs> but Hey, yeah, dude, that is, you just, I mean, that is the definition of passion, right? I mean, you guys were sacrificing and, you know, pushing the limits, obviously, in order to, you know, chase down a dream or your passion or your dream driven by passion, right? I mean, yeah, willing yeah. to do anything and did whatever it took to get to where you are today. And instead of like, I, th I feel like for, for the listener's benefit, okay, ramen noodles, picking up change in your, the parking lots, giving blood in order to make ends meet. Now let's go straight to today and in a roundabout way so that, so that the listeners know how well you're doing without being rude. Um, I'm trying to think of a number you probably know off the top of your head. Like, what do you, what's your roundabout monthly on, let's say Facebook ads, give or take, it doesn't have to be spend? exact. Yeah. Your spend. Um, just, just on meta on Facebook. Yeah. Just Facebook this it's per month, like 50,000, 50 grand a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. People, you don't even need to know the middle. That's yeah. it. You know, you go from picking up change, giving blood, and now you are spending 50 grand a month on uh, Facebook ads. Okay. Now, what do you think in postage? How much are people spending in postage with you each month, give or take? Have you oh, ever... spending? Yeah. Just the oh, postage man. part, just to have Johnny Slicks mailed to them. Yeah. I think we just went over this number. I think it's like a hundred and a you said a month? Yeah. Just I think rent. it's just at or a hundred, at a hundred thousand, a hundred K. 100k in postage a month yeah yeah i think i think that's well obviously because the usps is increasing everything but i'm <laughs> yeah. pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's literally at 100k yeah there you yeah, go i mean people uh you know probably can run their own math and their equations but i mean it is a without a doubt the reason i had johnny on here is because it is a true like current 
uh, meaningful success story. And it's just fucking awesome. Okay, now let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, the business aspect, you know, for those listening, give them your top three to five lessons learned that you feel like in retrospect was the key to your success. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, uh, one, always one, treat people like they're your customers, even if they're not yet. You can win people over with just the simplest care. The act of caring, mm -hmm. unbelievable. There's a customer now who he's literally, he's, I'm not kidding at all, our top ambassador. He has accumulated more sales than any other ambassador we have currently. And all it took was a little bit over a year ago, he asked for one free sample. I sent them one beard oil and now he's our top ambassador. Just take a little bit of care and just give it to people. Um, now, obviously, if somebody's spamming you and like being an ass, don't like <laughs> yeah. don't spend time on that. But people who people you can tell when people genuinely care. So actually, number one, care about people, treat people with respect, and give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, number two, always be grateful. I know it's hard when, at times, but the problems that you deal with now seemed like they were a skyscraper a year ago and you overcame stuff that seemed like a skyscraper then. So be grateful for what you have going on in your business and things will flourish naturally. And yeah. then also last, I would say, serve people, serve your employees, serve your customers, serve your community and never forget to serve people. That's like one thing I'm recently coming to fully mm -hmm. is networking and serving everyone in your community. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how how quick that turns to positive everywhere. Well, that's that's unique. Your what your top three are kind of unique to most. Most people will say consistency, you know, like, oh. and then you know, work hard, get up early, you know, get up all. All three of yours are really giving. Being treat people as if they are a client is you giving. Yeah. Uh, being grateful is actually giving thanks back, right? And mm -hmm. then, of course, the third one, serving, is still giving. So all three of yours are giving in nature, which so I find uh, I find interesting and it's unique because, like I said, most people will say, yeah, be consistent. Uh, you know, um, what are the other ones? Like, be accountable, you know, and yeah. kind of come up with those general business terms. I can um, give you three general business terms if you want. <laughs> no, those are good ones. Those are good ones, man. <laughs> yeah, those are those are I think those are great ones. I think everybody should uh, you know, I, I god, what was it? There was a buddy of mine, he's uh really successful. And his uh what was it? His he had the rule of 3. I can't remember, but it was kind of the same. It was like you know what you're talking about. Ask do do three do three good things for three yeah. people. Yeah. Three times a week or I can't remember, but it was a pretty good one. It was kind of the same where it's just like, just go ahead and give without any expectations, without any yeah. strings attached and make a point of doing that three times a week for three different people and do it on a regular basis. And before you know it, you know, it's kind of like that whole favor forward type thing, right? I mean, yeah. it, it seems to work and it sounds like you've got your own version of that, which is awesome. We will be right back after the break. Johnny Slicks, I think everyone's figured it out. It is a uh, up and coming leading 
uh, I'm not even going to limit it to hair. I mean, that's where you started, but let's let's yeah. expand on that for me. What is Johnny Slicks? Um, well, the, it's super confusing when people. I say grooming company. A lot of people, for some reason, associate that with pet grooming, like dog shampoo and stuff. (laughs) I'm not sure. I I don't know. I feel like women have cosmetics and men have grooming. Like we call our products grooming products and women call them cosmetics. So that's just a common thing. But recently I've been saying we're cosmetic manufacturers because we actually craft and make cosmetic products, not dog shampoo, actual human shampoo. Um, But yeah, we have a whole range. Like you said, we started with pomade, just hair shampoo. We had a, or I'm sorry, hair pomade and um, a beard oil. But now we have things for clean shaven dudes. We have beach care products for skin balm, tattoo balm. We have all of these things that go just past men with hair. You don't need to be a man with hair. You can be completely bald. You can have not a single hair follicle on your entire body and still use body wash, <laughs> you know, yeah, or yeah. So anything. Um, so we've expanded quite, quite a bit from just pomade and beard oil. Yeah, you have. And I've, you know, I have been using, you know, you're obviously very nice to hook me up with Johnny Slicks on a regular basis. And, um, uh, I've been using it day in and day out for years now. And it's, uh, yeah. it's really the only thing I need, whether when I'm in the shower, it's Johnny Slicks. When I get out of the shower, it's Johnny Slicks. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's shaving, which I usually do before I get in the shower. You know, I'm using old yeah. school shaving soap that you guys came out with about a year ago. Maybe maybe yeah. it's longer. I can't remember. Um, and then I get in the shower. I've got the body wash and the bar of soap that you just came out with within the last year. That's awesome. Yeah. That uh, was last month. Yeah. Oh, last. Okay. And then yeah. and then when good. I get out. You know, I'm using every bit of the hair product and I kind of go back and forth between your, you know, your formula 49 or just the straight pomade, of course, in all the different scents that we have joked about. But you actually have statistics that of how many people have gotten pregnant because of Johnny Slicks, because so you smell good. We're at at like 15. I'm not kidding. (laughs) 15, 15 babies have been made because somebody smelt really good from head to toe. 15 Americans. That's what we're (laughs) There you go. That's why we support America. That's a whole platoon. That's a whole platoon of guys. Yeah. (laughs) Platoon of kids have been born from Johnny Slicks. It's actually super wild too, because I'm really passionate about fragrances and how they affect people's mood. So to have 15 people actually say that they were indulged by the fragrance and became aroused enough (laughs) to become impregnated, I think that's fucking awesome. It is, man. It is. It's like that. It's just, uh, you know, it's like its own version of uh, what? Viagra for women, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's really cool about it is I'm like... I'm 50% the blame, obviously, <laughs> like, not like that, but really these, all of everything we do is organic, right? Every single thing. So even the fragrance oils are like 100% organic. So when it mixes with your natural sweat and your pheromones, your wife, who's already attracted to you is now just being amplified. And that shit, it sounds crazy. It sounds like, yeah, right, Johnny. No, this shit happens. Yeah. Like there's reviews. People have written stories. So if you have time and you want to read um, kind of a romantic novel, go ahead, visit the Johnny Slicks reviews. There's reviews of people that have just like no details hidden, like talk about 
how cinnamon roll is like the next big thing for their relationship. Like that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I can't get enough yeah. of that. I got to say cinnamon roll definitely is one of my favorite. All, all of your fall scents are just badass. Like those things are just out yeah. of control. And, uh, I'm always looking forward when I open the when I know it's fall and you send me a little care package, man. It's like game on. I'm opening up every single one of them, getting that high. And uh, right now, I've got yeah. o- right here at my shop. I keep uh, Oasis seems to be the one that's always in my uh, my bathroom. Got Oasis here. right here. Yeah. So I, yeah. I mean, literally, I got Oasis in right now. My hands yeah. smell like Oasis. I mean, it's yeah. it's good. It's a uh, Oasis. Oasis and uh, Berry Slicks just came out yesterday. That's our summer line, summer uh, product. Yeah. It just launched last night or yesterday afternoon. So yeah. it's it's rad. Uh, everybody's in an Oasis. Yeah. It's like the- and I'm sure people are listening right now. Like, I can't believe these two idiots are so excited <laughs> about scents. But Johnny pointed out to me a, a long time ago that women can go to a store and there's a thousand different fragrances for women to choose from. But when it comes to man stuff, there's like one or two, maybe, yeah. depending on the product line, depending on who the manufacturer are, whatever. But there's never really that many. And that's where I think you're in like genius ways filling the gap. You have all these different just badass fragrances yeah. that a guy can can like use. And on a daily basis, I mean, heck, he could take his days of the week and be like, all right, it's. <laughs> It's going to be Cinnamon Roll Sunday, right? Yeah, right. No, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, maple you can do Monday. Maple Monday. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I am one of those people. I, I mean, I fucking love it. I tell people all the time, like, it smells so good. You want to literally eat that out of the yeah. out of the jar they come in. You, could, you feel like you could eat it. Yeah. Uh, don't recommend it. I've tasted it, but you don't want to eat it. You just want to <laughs> uh, go ahead and use it in your hair. Yep, that yeah. is all. Don't eat, please. Yeah, man, good stuff. Okay, so you, you've explained all organic, which I, too, believe is one of the most important aspects you bring to the table because the differentiator out there is all natural or some yeah. other label that we see. So for the listeners, like, tell them, like, the reality of all natural versus all organic or some of those other, like, but really are just marketing ploys out there. Yeah, I don't know when it happened. Honestly, I've done... You got, you wouldn't believe how much research I've actually done on this, but um, I don't know when they started to add in fillers and chemicals into grooming products. I know that, you know, making things used to be, you go and forage it, you forage the ingredients and you forage the supplies. Um, and then all of a sudden it became a money thing. So people want to save money and fill them with chemicals and fillers and stuff. Um, I don't, I don't know when that became a thing, but it kind of transitioned into marketing words, obviously, but then using healthier chemicals, mm. I guess. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but the biggest difference between organic and all natural comes down to how it's made, how it's produced, how it's forged. Um, for instance, uh, asbestos is all natural. Anthrax is all natural. Uh, formaldehyde is all natural. And unfortunately, formaldehyde is in most grooming products that you get off the shelf. If you go to CVS, Walmart, any place really, um, and you pick up a grooming product, it's going to have some sort of formaldehyde or formaldehyde releaser, which they use as preservatives. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it obviously embalms the product. 
So you don't want things that can be disguised as harmful through an all natural term. Um, things that are organic, you know, you go out and you pick up a banana from a, from a tree, right? You pull a banana from a tree. If there were no chemicals used in the making of or producing of that banana, then that's an organic banana. But as soon as something is used as a chemical, something is created using a man-made ingredient, it's now all natural, mm. not organic. Um, and that's where you probably see just going to a grocery store, so many different price differences between natural and organic. Um, even those different terms have become so foggy in marketing that both are interchangeable. I'm not sure when that became a thing, but I know that um, avoid all natural because it, there is something behind the sheath there. There's something hiding. Um, and it might just look at the ingredients. You'll probably see something uh, DMDM, EDTA. Those are formaldehyde releasers. But um, the big difference is the, the creation, how it's created, how it's produced. And um, obviously, it's health benefits to you. Yeah. I like that. That's good information. And I find yeah. it interesting that some of those chemicals are all natural, you know, and that's what allows these manufacturers to get away with adding it so that it, you know, whatever extends its uh, shelf life or it yeah. reduces the use of the more expensive stuff or, or the more expensive ingredient. So they just replace it yeah. with other things. Um, and knowledge is power. So I know that um, most people, want to do their own research, you can go on the FDA or the USDA's website and see literally what they deem organic and what they deem inorganic that you can still use on your organic products, which is mm. wild to me. But um, that's, I mean, that's the government, I guess. How, how else is it going to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, you can go and find those lists as well. That's readily available. Right. Yeah. That's good to know. I, I think, uh, I think. what did I hear a long time ago? And maybe you could apply this if you don't already to, to what you're doing. If, if it doesn't have an expiration date, then it's probably not good for you. Yeah. You see that? Uh, what was that video that that guy had a McDonald's burger in his <laughs> truck or something? Yeah, yeah. It was like 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is, you know, like McDonald's caught so much shit back in the day that they've gone full circle and they're like, actually, they're meat. If you go look at current day McDonald's meat, it is yeah. the highest level of sirloin than any of the other hamburger joints out there put together. Like they have uh -huh. gone full fucking circle on their shit. I'm not That's saying wild. go eat McDonald's, but I'm just saying like, um, <laughs> you know, one of my one of my good friends is former chairman of the board and we actually had him on the show and off off the show and off record, I was asking him all kinds of McDonald's questions just out of my yeah. own curiosity. But yeah, it's uh, they actually, you know, you're not going to have, uh, you know, like put in perspective, ground beef, like from some of your other fast food restaurants, there's it's more than just beef. It's, you know, I think people know or if you don't, it could be ears, noses, tongue, uh, cartilage. All of that is also ground up into the beef. So yeah. it's not 100% beef. They they throw everything in there, and that's what you're eating. And uh, whereas McDonald's, that when they used to do that, they shifted to where it's 100% meat in their hamburgers, where 
you know, and obviously it took a lot of bad press to get there. <laughs> but, uh, but I yeah. mean, good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, okay, Shifton, you got a uh, what? What are some of the new? What are some of the new things that um, Johnny Slicks is looking at doing? Are you? Do uh, you have any? Do you have any secrets you can give up or what? Um, new stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I was huge accomplishment. I finally made water-based pomade, which you got your hands on um, a little bit actually earlier than anybody else. Um, that yeah. was a huge, huge milestone for me. It actually um like huge developer breakthrough i guess uh when i when it comes to product development um a lot goes into it obviously i have to take uh the consumer's expectation i have to take the products what is it supposed to do how is it supposed to feel and then i have to rewrite everything right um so what i was taking was i was taking a water-based pomade the general one that was on the market and then trying to recreate that using only organic stuff. And this breakthrough, actually, I came to a stopping point. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't make the product. I put it down for a bit. And when I picked it back up, I actually rediscovered something about product development. I said, fuck it. I'm not doing what... I'm not making a product off of a flawed product. Um, I was comparing what I was trying to write off of the thing that was already on the market. Hmm. And I was like, this is what the consumer is expecting. So I have to give them what some, what they're expecting. Um, I, literally I sat there and I looked at it. I picked up, I had a jar of what I was expecting the, the off the shelf, the consumer one, the, you know, um, garbage one. And I had mine and I said, why can't this one look like this one? What is going on? And I said, you fucking idiot. Of course, this is probably full of chemicals. That's why it feels and looks this way. And I said, of course, I can't make that. I have no chemicals. So I literally threw all my papers aside, restarted, renew everything. And I said, I don't care if it even resembles anything like what's on the market right now. This is my product, my creation. And it's the only one that's ever been done. There's no other water-based pomade that's on the market that's fully organic. Um, so when it finally got finished, you can imagine how happy I was to have it done. Checkmark, water-based pomade, the thing that made my hair thin five years ago, now like you said, full circle, I've come around and I created my own version of it. So the company checkmark right there, uh, that just came out. Beast bar just came out, which you said, um, you've been using. Yeah. So this just came out, which is really rad. No, it's awesome, man. Yeah. Beast bar. Now, what is the, I'm, I'm sure people, I don't know if they're interested or not, but, um, I am. What's the, what is the, the, the ingredient in a bar of soap that actually cleans you? Uh, it could be, it could really be a ton of things, but fat and then cast also. So like I'll use, yeah, um, cast Doc, of, Dr. Castall or whatever it's called. Right. Yeah. Dr. Bronner's is a good, uh, plain cast also. Yeah. They yeah. use uh, a good amount of fatty acids for it. But, um, I do that part of your book. Brilliant. That like, just so if you want, if you want me to say it, it's Johnny Slicks verified like that <laughs> chapter. Dude, I was reading through it and I was like, damn, this guy knows what he's doing. It's all great. I love it. So the thing about soap, making soap and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's interesting because when uh, I put that together, I didn't know you were working on soap. So it's actually good to hear that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I I had done some research. Obviously, I came and visited you for mm -hmm. military time stuff, which is uh, grossly behind, but still there and ready to launch. Um which will 
we'll be knocking that out here soon. So, which is good yeah. news. Johnny Slicks will get that piece going. And then also, you know, I was just kind of just doing old school research. I'm sure you do like scholarly yeah. and academia stuff. Um, and I was surprised just how easy it is. Uh, at a at an individual family level to make some things yourself. Obviously, you're doing it on yeah. a mass scale, which is I can't imagine. It's got to be a little more difficult figuring out the uh, the balance between all the ingredients so that you can mass yeah. produce it. But yeah, could you know. you'd be surprised on how different ingredient ingredients interact with each other at larger scales? Yeah. I never I never thought of it like that. But if you if you really think about it, ratios don't have to change. But all of a sudden, now this product that was a solid now is like a cream or a liquid just because there's more of it. It's wild how temperature and time and, you know, real science stuff. Yeah, yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. No, there's got to be guys like you interested in that stuff. I mean, Enough. you know, and I think any if anything, you know, this conversation, you know, is all about like, hey, if you've got a passion, you've got an idea, you want to create something just go yeah. for it, you know, just go for yeah. it. Trial and error. Johnny, like how many times you think you did a, I mean, trial error and in the end was fail before you got it right. I mean, is there oh, a roundabout? I, I have hundreds of notebooks, <laughs> hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of no, notebooks that say, don't do it like this. They say, yeah, they say, um, failed. Try number one. This costs you this much. Oh, but wow. Keep moving. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome yeah so there you go you got to fail like hundreds of times and then you'll get to that uh, one success and i'm sure that felt good once you got it right huh absolutely yeah but that's that's literally why you keep chasing and pursuing challenging and hard things because it feels it tastes so sweet yeah yeah no doubt you, not, you know yeah and then you can actually you know i made you brag about it but i mean you know 50 grand in ads and 100 grand in postage. I mean, holy fuck, you know, that's yeah. that's a that is an awesome success story in a and let's oh, yeah, let's add time to it. You've done this in how many how many years? So uh, four in total, but we became a six figure business after year one and a seven figure business after year two. That's right. And that's when you made Forbes, right? The Forbes yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, right at right at two. Yeah, we did all of that, all that press and then just stacking wins on top of another right after that. Oil-based pomade became the first million dollar product in, um, at the end of 2020. So all of these milestones, just like all under four years. It's wild. That is that is it right there. That should motivate everybody to go and invent something, make something, sell something. I mean, fuck, you might as well. The rest of the world is. Right. Uh -huh. uh, good stuff, Johnny. All right. It's about that time, though. Okay. We could talk about pomade and shampoo and bars <laughs> of soap all day long, but now we got to get yeah. to your hypothetical survival scenario. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right. You're listening to Can You Survive This Podcast? Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and share on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Here we go. Um, for this scenario, you are taking some personal wellness time and getting to the great outdoors. And uh, you're going on a hike in the woods by yourself, okay? No Rebecca. Um, and as you hop in your vehicle, 
to leave the house, you realize you forgot your cell phone inside, okay? Now, listeners, it's not the same scenario that you think it is, okay? There is a twist, so hang in there. All right, first question. Do you, A, go back and grab your phone, or B, don't waste time going back inside? You'll just hit the road without it because, let's face it, you're trying to disconnect a little bit. No, 100% get my phone. <laughs> get your phone, that that's right. Happened. That has happened that I've gotten my phone. I get my phone. That's it, get your phone. Okay, so you go back, you get your phone, you arrive on the trail, and you begin your hike. Uh, you are only about 100 yards into the trail when you feel a warm tap on your ankle. Oh. You look down and you see a little bit of blood coming out from your ankle. You look around, and what do you know? There's a rattlesnake slowly backing away from you you've been bitten okay do you a move out of striking area of the snake or b grab a rock and kill that fucker move out of the area (laughs) correct get out get out of striking distance you know, hey, you know, I've got friends at the NSA. We do our research, buddy. Okay, uh, so first step is to make sure you get out of striking distance of the snake. Okay, you have to make sure you're safe first before you do anything else, even though we all know that identifying the snake is key. But you got to get yourself out of striking zone, out of the strike zone first, okay? And as rule of thumb, rattlesnakes at best strike a distance of two-thirds their total body length, right? Two-thirds. Some people think they fly because of the movies, right? They, like, somehow create all this energy at the rattler and then, you know, launch six feet into the air and bite you in the neck. It's just not how it works. It's physics, right? They takes time before they fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so two-thirds, two-thirds their total body length, which is still pretty good. I mean, if it's a lot, yeah, it's still a good, you know, pretty good strike. So for example, a three foot long snake would be able to strike at about two feet, right? Okay. Easy math there. All right. So you back away and the snake retreats. Okay. So now do you a call nine one one or B start sprinting back towards the trailhead? Call nine one one. Call 911. That's an easy one, right? Yeah. yeah. Call 911 immediately. And uh, and doing a sprint just isn't a good idea. Let's face it. Get Your your, your heart rate's already going to be going through the roof because you're going to be like, oh, my God, I got bit by a snake. Um, and we want to keep – you want to keep all body systems slow, low, yep. right, and calm. Yep. All right. So you immediately call 911. As 911 rings – uh, and you waiting for someone to answer, <laughs> do you do you A, close your eyes and rest till someone answers the 911 call, or B, note what time it is? Hmm. Note, note what time it is. That's right. Time, be, what time? It's almost like an allergy, right? It is an allergy. What, that's what we're doing here is we know this is going to be a massive allergic reaction. So... We always note the time at the point of intake, okay, because that's important to your uh, rescue team. All right, so you note the time of the bite because this is valuable. The 911 dispatcher finally answers your call. Luckily, you're not far from the trailhead. They advise you uh, help is on the way and to stay put. The pain in your leg, though, is getting really, really bad, okay? So do you, A, 
shake the leg that was bitten. Okay, just shake it. Shake it out. Right. Kind of like okay. you got a, a cramp in your calf or something. Or B, just remain still and calm. Remain still and calm. Remain still and calm. Look at you. So if you would have gotten bitten, I think you're gonna you're on your you're well on your way. You're halfway there and you're you've got a hundred percent so far, Johnny. Good job. Nice. All right. So do not shake the bitten area, okay? This can cause the venom to travel faster throughout your body. Obviously, you want to keep your heart rate low and slow and remain calm. So next, do you, A, let the wound bleed a little, you know, or B, apply a pressure dressing to the wound? Yep. Pressure dressing. Oh. Pressure? Pressure to uh, an area filled with venom. Hmm. How about a tourniquet? (laughs) About <laughs> a tourniquet. Some of the, those are some old school tactics, but uh, it's been proven not to work. All right, so okay. letting the wound bleed a little can actually help uh, for some of the venom to maybe come back out the way it came. Right, less venom is better, uh, rather than flowing into your body. Right, so okay. no different than some of those. An- you ever gotten an antibiotic injection like in like IM injection intramuscular, yeah. like in your ass? Right, you stick a needle. Yeah. Even though that needle is far longer than a snake's um, fangs, you will still have antibiotics backtrack out that hole, even though you had an inch-and-a-half needle on there. Yeah. Same thing applies, right? Let that venom come out the way that it went in if, if it wants to, because that's going to only help you. All right. Um, pressure dressing, not a good idea, because it kind of keeps everything in there. Um, so... The pain is getting worse, and you're starting to feel nauseous. So do you, A, apply a tourniquet around the wound, or B, remove any tight clothing from the leg? Tourniquet or remove tight yeah, things? Now apply, apply the tourniquet. Oh, boy. You were so good on the first half. Hmm. Remove any tight clothing. The reason being is everything's going to start swelling now. It almost swells out of control. So that's why if you got rings on, if you got bit in the hand, you're going to take rings and watches um, with clothes. You want to take it out because the leg is likely to swell, and it's going to swell a lot. So you want to remove any constricting clothing in the area. Do not apply a tourniquet. Okay, Medical professionals recommend against the tourniquet because it can isolate the poison right, to just one area. Um, and so it's like this, Hey, let's, it's, it's in current medicine. Who knows? These things change all the time. Right. But for right now, a tourniquet, you know, keeps everything in one area, which could make it exponentially worse for that area. Whereas look at your blood as a, as a way of watering down the venom. Right. So if you're letting it flow through the body, well then maybe it'll prevent uh, the reaction from being so bad in a given area. So Okay, I could see that. But it's also stuff like this. It's really important, you know, spe- listeners, like, go out and get the current medical knowledge for the area that you're in um, because these things change. They really do. CPR has changed I don't know how many times since we've yeah. been alive to give breaths, no breaths, just pump, just, just do chest compressions only. Yeah. It used to be, you know, the whole, like, you know, two breaths for every, uh, what is it, 30 or 60 compressions. I don't know. I can't even keep track anymore. Yeah. And then it went to no breaths, just keep the blood flowing because as you're pumping the chest, it's going to force the lungs to inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And supposedly that's going to oxygenate the blood. But 
Anyway, point being, always go look up the latest, greatest information in case you're listening to this 10 years from now. Okay. Um, so next, do you A, elevate the wound, or B, keep the wound below level of the heart? See, I don't even know now, man. I don't <laughs> even know. I'm going to say... Uh, it's like an allergen, swelling. So do you want to go below the heart or I'm going to say below. Below the heart. Make there it, we make go. It. Yes. The heart. B yeah. is correct. Keep nice. the wound below the level of the heart. Once again, we're trying... We're trying to let gravity work for us and prevent it from flowing, you know, uh, as best we can. Keeping the wound below the heart level, make it harder for the venom to travel to the heart, right? That's nice. Even though a drop of blood circulates throughout the entire body in like, what is it? It's yeah. like a couple of seconds, you know, so Five seconds, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how how well that actually helps, but hey, whatever. All right, so next, do you A, cover the wound tightly, or B, cover the wound loosely? We kind of already answered this. Yeah, I'm going to say loosely. Loosely, B, correct. Yeah. Nice. Similar to the no tourniquet answer, cover the wound loosely, keep the dirt out. Really, now we're just kind of preventing infection, even though you've just got infected by the worst damn creature on the planet. <laughs> yeah. But True. we're trying to keep out the other infections. <laughs> um, you can see help coming on the trail. You are about nice. to be saved. The nausea and pain becomes intense, and yeah. your vision starts to become blurred. Do you, A, lay on your back and breathe through it, exhaling slowly, or B, run to your rescuers? No, don't run. Don't run. Yeah. So, A, lay on your back, breathe through it, exhale slowly. Good job, Johnny. You survived this snake attack. And nice. uh, so good job. And yeah, how what are what are the chances that your scenario would line up with uh, with our rapid fire discussion? That's that's why I asked <laughs> if you wrote this before or if you've been writing this. <laughs> no. We uh, we got that's a hundred percent luck. That turned that worked out <laughs> great. Who would have thought? Yeah, that's um, great. But yeah, man, you did a great job. You have uh, you've survived this podcast. And uh, where can people find you? Find out more about Johnny Slicks. Give us all you got. You can find me personally at Johnny Rushi. Last name is R A U S H I, or Johnny Slicks. Just search Johnny Slicks anywhere. Google anywhere. Go ahead. Just type in Johnny Slicks. You can't get enough of it after you find it. Guarantee it. That's right. And if you have a yeah. hard time finding Johnny, you can always go to who I'm following because I follow. I only follow cool people. Johnny's a cool person. Yeah. So uh, you'll find him there as well. And uh, I got to say, personal testimony, Johnny Slicks is the awesome. I mean, I, uh, I've i got, you know, my World War II undercut haircut <laughs> um, that I have been dressing up with Johnny Slicks for literally as long as he's been around, which I think is, you know, yeah, probably four years now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I love it. I won't change. It's uh, it's definitely the staple item in my DOP kit, my travel bags, in my, in my bathroom here at the shop, in my bathroom, in my home. Uh, it's everywhere. Johnny Slicks is everywhere for me. So go check it out. Uh, and, uh, and until next time. Right? Keep it simple because crisis will complicate the rest and be safe out there. Can You Survive This Podcast is a production of Calvary Audio and iHeartMedia. Recorded live from a secure location here in Dallas, Texas. Produced by Brandon Morgan, Jeff Apple, and Clint Emerson. 
executive produced by Keegan Rosenberger and Dana Brunetti. For Calvary Audio, I'm Clint Emerson. <laughs>